Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. WGR Sports Radio 550 presents. We got at Nate Geary Sports. And uh, Nate says, Merry Christmas to everyone except for Tom Brady who is probably watching his own documentary with his family this morning. Sports Talk Saturday. We were watching the highlights of last year's Super Bowl, which we won, but we weren't watching <laughs> a documentary. Does Nate actually play sports? Emotional damage on WGR. You good? Not little jets. Okay. He died of emotional damage. Sports Radio 550. Good morning, y'all. Welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Nate Geary here, hanging out with you for the next three hours. And then we've got uh, Belmont Stakes coverage starting at 2 p.m. Brian Cozy will be at Batavia Downs. He'll uh, join the program today at 12.30 on his way up to Batavia to talk a little bit about the Live Golf League that kicked off this week in uh, England, in London. And uh, we'll talk to Brian a little bit about the drama that has been the last several days uh, across the uh, the Twitterverse, and, and golf golf Twitter. Uh, so we'll talk a little bit with Brian at 12.30, coming up 11.30. Uh, the next half hour, I've got Chad Dinaminesis of Expected Buffalo. We're going to talk about uh, Ben Bishop, the Sabres' newest goaltender that's definitely going to play a lot of games for them this year. Just kidding. Just kidding. Well, we're going to talk about why you shouldn't be feel really anything about it because the Sabres are going to owe him $700,000 in salary this year, and he will count against their salary cap $5 million for a team that is going to struggle mightily to get to the cap floor. And uh, so, I, But I saw a lot of people confused by the move, not liking the move. Um, they got a seventh-round pick, and if you know anything about seventh-round picks, Devin Levi was a seventh-round pick. So it's not nothing, right? It could turn into something eventually down the line um, for the Sabres. But uh, we'll have Chad on 11.30. We'll talk through that move, the potential moves that he's looking for the Sabres to make here in the coming weeks as we get closer and closer um, to, G- to July 1. Well, July 1-ish. Ish. July-ish when uh, free agency officially opens for the NHL. So we'll talk to Chad at 11.30 at noon. uh, I've got Jake Burns. Jake covers the Cleveland Browns. Uh, Zach and I, you know, it seems like every week, walk in here with some sort of new crazy article and or story we've read about the Deshaun Watson saga. So we'll talk to Jake, who covers the Browns, get his thoughts on 
what the pulse of the fan base is right now, what the X's and O's mean if he won't be available to play early in the season or at all this season, which, you know, it seems like every hour, every day becomes increasingly more likely that Deshaun Watson doesn't play snaps this year for the Cleveland Browns. So we'll talk about that reality with Jay coming up at noon and then one o'clock. I've got Matt Verderam of Fanside. We're going to talk about the Kansas City Chiefs. If you're listening to the show on CBS Sports Radio right before I walked in here, uh, they were talking a little bit about Super Bowl odds, where the Rams place, where the Chiefs right now currently have the third best Super Bowl odds in the league. We'll talk to Matt about where the AFC West currently is. Stands By far, to me now, the deepest division. They've become the NFC West, um, except probably better at the quarterback position. Um, obviously, now with Russell Wilson leaving the NFC West and going to the AFC West, there has been a paradigm shift for the conference. And we'll talk to Matt Verderam about how that uh, you know potentially plays out in the Chiefs' Super Bowl uh, odds going into this season, what OTAs looked like, who the famous, uh, you know, who the targets for Patrick Mahomes, how that target share ends up looking like after uh, after a couple of weeks. So we'll talk to Matt at one o'clock. So we've got a busy schedule as we normally do on a Saturday morning as we leak into the afternoon. A beautiful day here in Western New York as well. If you're getting out to golf, it's great golf weather today. A little bit of rain tomorrow in the forecast. So if today's the day you're getting out to golf, you picked a good one. Uh, Allentown Art Fest is also this week if you've never been. Uh, one of my favorite times of year. I just moved I would kind of consider myself on the very edge, the brink of Allentown and Elmwood Village. I'm kind of right smack dab in the middle of that. So I'm walking distance to Allentown um, later on today, maybe tonight for dinner. I might walk over. I know we've got plans tomorrow to walk to the Allentown Art Fest. So if you uh, if you've never been... Please head out. It is a fantastic time. They closed down um, Allentown. Well, where at least Allentown, that's not under construction. Um, obviously, right in front of Casa Azul as you go over to Elmwood, between Elmwood and Delaware, has been closed off and remains closed off. So that won't be um, that won't be uh, being used for Allentown Art Fest. It'll be kind of the, the area between uh, Elmwood and the curve that goes over to, like, the circle area on, uh, on North Street. So it'll be a... It'll be a fun time, lots of people, lots of vendors, lots of local artists, uh, food, drinking, you name it. Um, so make sure you head out to the Allentown Art Fest. I'll be around there as well if you want to come say hi. I'll be walking around and, and doing my thing as well. So I wanted to talk a little bit uh, before we, we get into you know the, the meat of the show where we've got lots of guests. I felt compelled to talk more about this Deshaun Watson situation. You know, Amy Dash was going to join the program today. She is the CBS Sports and uh, Fox Sports uh, official legal analyst. She's also an Odyssey Sports legal analyst. She's feeling under the weather. So we're going to have her back next week from a legal perspective and the ongoing story that and saga that continues to be Deshaun Watson. Obviously, this week, more revelations, more women. Sixty. Uh, the, the, the story now has transitioned to 66 massage therapists in 17 months Deshaun Watson used. And now, um, as of this week... The Houston Texans have been implicated in this lawsuit and has now been included in the civil suits for the 22, now 24 women who have officially filed civil complaints against Deshaun Watson. And why does that matter, right? Why does why does Houston, uh, the franchise, the Houston Texans, getting named in this lawsuit matter now at this point when we know criminal charges have already been um, side, side, sort of side-skirted? Uh, a grand jury was given evidence to indict um, Deshaun Watson, they chose not to in two instances to indict Deshaun Watson for crimes. 
Um, but the civil cases still exist. Two additional women over the last 10 days have added criminal or I'm sorry, civil complaints into the large. It's turning into essentially a civil suit, um, like a class action. It's essentially turning into where multiple women are trying to sue Deshaun Watson. And he, uh, from his perspective, has already tried to settle with these women with some sort of a monetary amount. Those women have denied those settlement requests from Deshaun Watson and his and his lawyer Rusty Harden. Rusty Harden went on the radio last week, last weekend, and just made some of the dumbest comments you could make in an active civil suit conversation. Essentially, coming out and not implicating and not you know admitting guilt from his client, but trying to ensure or trying to convince people that even if he had done the things he's being talked about doing, they're not actually illegal, which is certainly a galaxy brand way of dancing around the fact that you, you said you're innocent, right? And he's come out, he says he has no regrets to Sean Watson. And yet his lawyer is out there sort of moving the goalposts on what is and is not illegal and what can and cannot be indicted about or indicted for and and what is not criminal and what is not civil. So really an interesting dynamic, an interesting shift in narrative over the last 10 days. And, you know, how this plays out in the football field has always sort of been secondary to me to how this plays out in the court of public opinion. Because right now, the NFL had a really good opportunity to get the findings of their investigation out, announce the suspension, and get the quote-unquote train on the tracks and start to get this moving forward so that people can start the forgiveness process, right? Or Forgetting process, I think, is probably more the appropriate word here, right? Because the NFL, the Cleveland Browns, particularly the Cleveland Browns, make this move with the hope that people will eventually forget about it. That the 15 minutes of fame, the 15-minute news cycle would roast Watson, would roast the league, and then people would stop complaining. People would stop caring about this and move on to the next thing to be angry about. And I think that a part of this process has been the Cleveland Browns really miscalculating the appetite for people to hold Deshaun Watson accountable for all these gruesome acts. They miscalculated that at a national level. People have not forgotten. In fact, more stories are coming out. The New York Times did an unbelievably specific, um, I mean, it went way further than I think a lot of the investigations we saw from Tony Busby And the prosecution team and the women, uh, the plaintiffs team, right? So I think for me, these new revelations, the story from the New York Times has now pushed out the decision of the NFL indefinitely. I think we were very close to seeing and hearing a decision on a suspension for Deshaun Watson. And I don't think it's any coincidence that was the moment, the timing of the New York Times article happening probably hours before the NFL was deciding on the fate of Deshaun Watson for this year in terms of how many games he would miss due to suspension. I don't suspect we hear that now. I don't, I'm not sure when we hear that decision on, the disp- on, on suspension from the NFL. The NFL is in an impossible position now. They sort of have to let this situation play out. They have to let these new... 15 to 20 additional women that are being talked about being added to the civil complaint. They have to let this play out now. And what this looks like for the Cleveland Browns is that they, I mean, they continue to look worse and worse. I mean, I mean let's, let's talk, let, let's, let's say what it is. They did no due diligence. 
They said they made they had an internal investigation. They had private investigators look into this, sign off on it. And there's just no way that's true. Right? I mean, there's just no way that the Cleveland Browns really did their due diligence. I made a, a comparison, right? It's sort of like going out and buying a home, cash, right? You uh in this housing market, you know, it's crazy. The house I just lived in was just sold, and one of the things that people were talking about as they walked in and as I was hearing is, you know, we could waive our inspection and potentially move up and be the people that get chosen to buy this home. If we waive the inspection and pay cash and have a cash offer, you know, we've got a better chance of getting this house. But what are the risks of waiving an inspection on a home that you're buying? Right? That's not a brand new home. That's a home that's 40, 50 years old, that has some baggage, right? That may have a have some issues with the foundation that may, you know, need new windows, might need new flooring, might need, you know, a new and might need central air in western New York in the middle of summer, right? Like these are all things that you find in the inspection process. That's why you pay someone to go in to rip up the floorboards, to check in the crawl spaces, to lift up the rugs, look for water damage, look for leaks, make sure that foundation is in solid condition before you make a cash freaking offer of hundreds of thousands of dollars, right? Well, now the housing market is so competitive. The same way the market for elite franchise quarterbacks are so competitive. I mean, if you think about it, the housing market right now as it stands and the quarterback market are eerily similar, right? Josh Allen going for 200 plus million dollars. Houses nowadays are going 30, 40, 50% over the market rate that they were selling for or bought for five years ago. The same is happening in the market with quarterbacks, right? We see Deshaun Watson set a precedent across the league, getting a $230 million fully guaranteed, the first of its kind, has never been done before. And the Cleveland Browns waived the inspection on that guaranteed $230 million contract. The negligence of that franchise, the desperation of that franchise to go out and say, we're willing to waive any and all ability to know exactly what happened here if it means we get to secure a better chance to win three or four ball games in the regular season and potentially a Super Bowl victory. We are willing to waive our rights to look deeper into something so gross and disgusting that you're putting aside your moral compass. You're putting aside the things that make us all human because it gives you a better chance to win football games. It's crazy. So, you know, what happens over the next couple of weeks, months, years to come with Deshaun Watson? I want to tell you that I believe he's probably not going to play in the NFL ever again. I want to tell you that because I think it's warranted. And there are people that will make this about race, right? Well, you know, do you have the same, did you have the same energy for Ben Roethlisberger? Did you have blah, blah, blah? Yes, we did. Nobody condones the actions of Ben Roethlisberger. He was the victim of the moment, Ben Roethlisberger. And what I mean by that was there is a conscious desire to hold people accountable. The Me Too movement has changed the way we address, that we look at, and that we respect women that are willing to come out and share their stories. That wasn't the environment 
when the same situation happened to Ben Roethlisberger. That does not mean people like me who are talking about this, people that are disgusted about the allegations against Deshaun Watson, don't also equally care about the disgusting things that Ben Roethlisberger was accused of doing. We can have both things. We can say what Ben Roethlisberger did 10, 11, 12 years ago was wrong, was disgusting, and he didn't. He was not punished with a hard enough, with an... He, was, he did... The punishment didn't fit the crime for Roethlisberger, right? We can live in that world, we can acknowledge that, and we can apply what we learned about how we reacted, how we treated Ben Roethlisberger, and make sure it doesn't happen again. 22 women, now it's 24, and up to 66 women in 17 months. All with very similar, gross, offensive stories. Violating stories. So, I think for me, in a just world, he doesn't play another down in the NFL. But he is too talented. He's too good of a quarterback. And wins... And losses mean too much to the NFL. They just do. It is what it is. Society wants to be able to hold Deshaun Watson responsible for the egregious acts that he's committed. And it's very clear that he has done some level of wrong. It is clear that he has put himself in position to be criticized because of his actions, because of what he's done in the public light, using his power, his pedestal, to be a predator. That is what Deshaun Watson has done. So, for me, in a just right world, he wouldn't play football again. But it's far more likely that he gets a slap on the wrist, a five, six, seven, eight game suspension, and maybe it gets, you know, brought down to four games after he, you know... It's just, it's such a hard thing to talk about for me because I like to think that this Bills organization would not have been a part of this Deshaun Watson thing if it weren't for Josh Allen. But it's hard to project that. The Bills, before Josh Allen, were one of the most desperate franchises to find a franchise quarterback of any franchise in the NFL. Maybe more desperate than Cleveland. Cleveland showed their hand. They were as desperate as anyone else that they were willing to sign and offer an unprecedented amount of guaranteed money to go after a guy who was days from having a grand jury decide there wasn't enough evidence to indict him. Not that he was innocent, but that there wasn't enough evidence to indict him. And instead of using the time between then to interview women, to interview the women accusing Deshaun Watson of, of these crimes, instead of taking the time, the care, the nuance that should have been applied to this scenario, there were deadlines to meet. They wanted to make sure they got Watson before Atlanta, before Carolina, before Miami. In Miami, let's just be clear about something. Miami was willing to do it before there was a criminal decision. Because they were so desperate to upgrade their quarterback position. That, hey, as long as you got these women to sign NDAs, we're in. That was Stephen Ross, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. The willingness 
to overlook the willingness to push aside the crimes, the the predatory nature of what Deshaun was doing because he represented an upgrade at the quarterback position is absolutely absurd. It's offensive. And it's and it sort of spells out exactly what is wrong with the NFL, right? They're not hard enough on domestic violence. They're not hard enough against crimes against women, about, about being a predator. But if you bet against the game, suspended for a year. You can be injured and out of football betting on teams that aren't yours and get a full year suspension. Full year. But if you're Deshaun Watson, maybe you'll get six games. It tells you the hypocrisy. It tells you who is and who isn't important. If Kelvin Ridley was Tom Brady, is he getting one-year suspension? No, he's not. If Kelvin Ridley was Josh Allen, is he getting a year suspension? I don't think so. So the double standard for that the league has been about, this has been what the league has been about, a double standard, applying different punishments for the same crime based on who you are and what position you play and how much value you bring to the league. 803 Let's go to Craig in Rochester who's been waiting on hold. Craig, you are on Sports Talk Saturday. Welcome. Thanks. Uh, first off, completely agree with your sentiment um, just in general where it's disgusting the way I've read. You see the comments. Well, you know, he wasn't guilty. The only reason he wasn't guilty is because our society, we have it where it's proven innocent till guilty. If you had to prove yourself innocent first and you're considered guilty, he'd be in jail right now. That's the reason why he is where he is, and he should thank himself for that. Um, but, you know, I've heard people say, well, what about Ben Roethlisberger or Ezekiel yep. Elliott? Well, I'm kind of happy to say society has awoken to the fact I don't want somebody who's a scumbag like this. We all know people in our lives that we probably cut out because you learn some stuff. You go, yep. I don't know how I feel about this, and the stuff he did is awful. I mean, he should be in jail. It's crap. Um, you know, the other thing is the world is different. We used to be in a world back when Ben Roethlisberger stuck. You didn't have social media. You didn't have Facebook, Twitter, all these areas. You didn't have the ability for reporters to be so quick to be able to find stuff before it could be covered up or an NDA was done. So you didn't have that ability, and it's different now. You can't mm-hmm. cover that. Cleveland gambled in any other team. You know, Cleveland just happened to be the one that won the, quote, prize of getting him. Any other team that was gambling on this was thinking, we can make this go away, and they thought incredibly wrong um, with this. And that's the other piece, you know, of the puzzle. Well, you know, bad or this, well, it's not going away. Society has changed, but also the way we receive media and the news is different and honestly good because this scumbag should never be allowed to play again. I really hope they drop the hammer. Um, it, you know, you've already said it. I doubt it's going to happen, you know, because it's yeah. with the NFL actually suspend the quarterback forever. I don't know. Um, that seems unfortunately probably not likely. But, um, you know, I think you've covered well. I just wanted to add those two points because oh, the MLB suspending Trevor Bauer for two years also did not help the NFL either. So. No, it I, did I not. That That's exactly right, Craig. Thanks for the call. I, I think you brought up a lot of good points. You're, you're right. The Major League Baseball's uh, reaction to Trevor Bauer and getting out in front of it 
before knowing the egregiousness of the crime that was being he was being accused of, they said, nope, there is a history, there's enough evidence for us to say, we're suspending you, and when this gets cleared up, if you are proven innocent, you're welcome back to, you're welcome back to the league to play. But you're absolutely 100% right, Craig. Major League Baseball's reaction to Trevor Bauer has put them in a pretzel. It's put them in the biggest of biggest pickles. And good for Major League Baseball for responding the way that they did to the Trevor Bauer situation. And shame on the NFL for if this is the only reason that's going to hold their feet to the fire, you know, good for Major League Baseball. But shame on the NFL for not having a backbone, for not standing for something. Um, but, Craig, I mean, you made a ton of great points. Thanks for the call. We're going to take a timeout on the other side. Chad Dinaminisis of Expected Buffalo is going to join us. We're going to talk about the trade that happened yesterday. The Sabres acquiring uh, Ben Bishop of the Dallas Stars uh, for future considerations. They also got a seventh-round pick coming back in that trade. We'll talk to Chad about the salary cap implications, what that means for their upcoming free agency, and uh, what he expects them to add this offseason. All that's coming up next here. You're listening to Sports Talk Saturday on WGR. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow, whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits. Shopify helps you sell everywhere, from their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is their to support your success every step of the way because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast, all lowercase. Go to Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash Odyssey Podcast. T Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. Welcome 
back to Sports Talk Saturday here on WGR, talking a little bit of Deshaun Watson last half hour. We're going to switch gears here and talk a little bit of hockey with our good pal and friend of the program joining us now on the Western Hotline, Chad Didaminisis. He's the founder of Expected Buffalo and the co-host on the Expected Buffalo podcast. Uh, Chad, I almost called you Anthony because I was thinking of Anthony in this instance. Um I wanted to go with the more successful and handsome version of the two of you, and I went with you. Oh, man, I don't know about that. I, I think Anthony's definitely the more handsome one. I like that you didn't say more successful, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it depends on different points of the career. You know, I, I think in real world, big boy job, Anthony's got me there. Yeah, well, listen, I, I'm trying to I'm trying to not give him as much credit uh, publicly as I do in private. So I'm I'm <clears throat> I'm doing the thing where I'm just you know burying him in public, like I did when uh, when that picture was taken of him and I posted it on on the internet. But uh, Chad, I I wanted to bring you on because yesterday, um, obviously, the Sabers announced a, a move to acquire a seventh round pick and Ben Bishop from the Dallas Stars for future considerations, basically meaning nothing. Um, and they they get to take a five million dollar cap hit, but they're only giving. Ben Bishop, $700,000 this year in terms of salary, money going out the door. Um, there's a lot of people that are like weirdly angry about the move, um, curious about why the move was made. Lay it out in the layman of laymanist terms here, why this move makes sense for the Sabres right now. And for folks that may be thinking, oh, Ben Bishop, I remember him. Is he the guy that's going to come in here and potentially you know, play 30 games and be the guy with Ukapekalukanen? Explain what this move was made for um, and kind of what you're expecting to see here in the next coming uh, months and, and going into the season at the goaltending position because this is not a move to fix the issues that they currently have. No, I mean, definitely not. I think it's um, it's definitely a situation where it's nothing more than a, a cat move here. Um, you know, I, I don't really understand why there's aggravation about it, to be honest. Um, it, it's, it's really simple. They're, you know, 30 something million dollars underneath the cap. And, you know, this is $4.9 million of cap space. They only, with insurance, are paying, I think, less than a million dollars. Lance Lysowski tweeted out today. So it's, it's just simply all this does is it gives them, it gives them flexibility in the sense they don't have to really worry about it. Um, you know, they don't have to, I, I don't know, I guess you could say pay a player, um, you know, more money than they really deserve. Uh, you know, they, they just have this cap space, this player now they'll take. And you know, the return that people are upset about is, I get a seventh-round pick, but, you know, Dallas could have just easily put him on LTIR. Right. Or really, like, you know, this type of – I think people look at, like, Andrew Ladd last year and Shane Gossespierre and Anton Strawman and all the returns that Coyotes got. And we're like, how did the Sabres get a seventh-round pick? Well, the difference is those guys had to play for Arizona. Those guys had to actually eat cap space. And, and had multiple years on the contract. So you know, that's the difference between the two years. It's not like them cheaping out. It's, you know, it's just, I think, a move. It's your boy truck 2.0, if you will, and it gives mm -hmm. them some more space here. Yeah, and, like, one of the things I saw people talking about is, like, well, why not wait to make this move until you see what kind of interest players have 
in coming to Buffalo and free agency. And I just don't think those are two mutually exclusive thoughts. I, this is not a move that's going to prohibit them from any move that they want to make in this upcoming free agent cycle. But I think I also want to caution people, Chad, and, and I know you've said this. I don't know Anthony has said this. I know Lance has said this, which is don't really expect this team to be a huge player in free agency anyways. This is not a team that's going out and likely going to be in the Evgeny Malkin sweepstakes. They're not going to be out there and looking to trade for Jonathan Gibson. Like, these are not things that are going to be happening like so I think I think for me anyways this is almost a nothing burger move this is a move to help them get closer to the salary cap floor but they're still going to be able to make all the moves that they want to make if they're there to make I guess the question becomes Chad are they there to make is this a team that is going to be looking to add veteran contracts to this roster right now considering there's not a lot of room at the forward group you can certainly make a make a case for some kind of right-hand shot defenseman if you want to go get a Klingberg if you want to go get a Latang I could be to- I could be sold on something like that but at the end of the day Chad this is not a team that's going out and getting five marquee players at 8 plus million dollars a year that's just not the position this team is in and they've never really claimed to be in that position no, I mean, this is, you look at it, there's really, I mean, you like, how does a team, you know, you could say finish where they finish when they finish strong, but in the bottom of the standing still, how do they not have any roster spots available? But they really don't. They maybe have one at forward, I guess you could say one or two at goaltender, and maybe one at defense. That's it. The rest of their guys are not guys they don't want here, but they're all guys on entry-level contracts. Oh, and by the way, your top line center, maybe your top line center makes seven, eight million dollars. He makes one point four million dollars because he has one year left. It's just the way that their team is built and their structure. They have a lot of low value contracts. I guess low term or low money, you could say. So it's like I, I don't think they're cheaping. They're not going to cheap out here, but they're not also going to be a team that is going to spend to the cap ceiling because it's just not going to happen they're not going to sign like you said they're not going to sign Malkin for 12 million dollars or they're not going to go crazy but I think they're going to look for guys in free agency like P.K. Subban I think is a real possibility from what I've been told from talking to people I think there's some real interest and some real interest back the other way too so that's maybe a defense and that's going to cost three to four million dollars right right and then your next key is getting a goaltender and they have all the room they want to spend on a goaltender there's not a 10 million dollar goaltender out there Maybe it's going to cost you five or six for Jack Campbell, let's say. That's okay for two to three years because you have cap space. And you have, you know, these guys on ELCs and their second contracts are not really going to cost you. Your next big contract, realistically, is Thompson, and that's going to be next offseason. So, you know, I think from a failure cap perspective, they're not restricted from doing anything. But it's just the way they're structured that they're not going to be, you know, a cap team or even that far over the floor. And that's the thing, and I, and I think this contract ensures that if they strike out with a P.K. Subban, if they strike out finding that goaltender, and listen, this is a worst-case scenario, I recognize that, but let's say they strike out a goaltender, Chad, and they are forced to go back with the Craig Anderson route, and he's you know willing to play, and the, they two mutually agree on a one-year deal, that means they're going to have to try to find something else to push them to that floor. And I think that's why this yeah. move right now makes so much sense. This is a move before the other moves to ensure that if you do strike out at goaltender, if you do strike out at the def- uh, on the blue line in free agency, that you have done enough prior to that to not be in a panic, to not have to make a move where you're grossly overpaying a player that's not really going to have 
a meaningful impact on your team. So I think this is just a good foundational baseline move to make sure that if everything goes worst-case scenario, does not go to plan, that they're still in a position to be at the floor. The other thing quickly to say, too, is, you know, like you mentioned, we didn't really mention it, when you said, like, you know, why don't they just wait? Well, free agency is about a month away. Teams don't know how much cash space they have now. There is no wait. If you wait, somebody else comes and makes that move. So, like, it really isn't a time to wait. It's just you take them, the guy's never going to play a game, you pay less than a million dollars, and everybody goes about their business. You know, so that's, you know, the way this is. And, yeah, like I said, it's, it's the opposite. You know, we talk about, you know, finding cash space when you're at the cap. But this is kind of, I guess, a move on the other side of it. Mm-hmm. where you're, you're getting cap flexibility, but kind of at the bottom to help you boost yourself up if needed. Chad Dinaminis is here, the founder of Expected Buffalo and the co-host on the Expected Buffalo podcast here on the Wester Hotline. We're talking some Sabres. And I want to talk to you about maybe identifying, has there been a team and a particular contract that you and Anthony have been looking at in terms of guys that you believe in teams and organizations that are in such a tight, tight spot? You talked about sort of what the opposite here is, teams trying to find that cap space the closer and closer to free agency. Like I, Vegas is a team um, that I'm thinking of in this instance. But there are others out there. Florida is going to have some issues um, as they get closer to free agency. Are they going to be able? Are they going to have to make a move to free up cap space? And if and I want to get to Chicago, but let's get to the the teams that are maybe most vulnerable from a competitive standpoint that are going to need to shave cap. Who? What are some teams and a couple of players you might be looking at for the Sabers to approach and go after, knowing the team that has them is not in a position of leverage where maybe you can get a good deal on a player back. Yeah, I mean, Vegas is a good team you mentioned, but my personal, I mean, I don't know what their philosophy is, but my personal philosophy is you help Vegas under no circumstance. You kind of let that ship burn and, you know, they, they figure it out on their own. You made a trade with them. And I get you have the first round pick, but um, yeah, I, I just leave Vegas be and have somebody else, you know, help them if necessary. Uh, but beyond that, uh, Toronto has some things, one of their defensemen, some things we've talked about. I even wrote an article about it. Um, if you want to get, into the offer sheet game, you can offer sheet one of those defensemen, um, you know, actually Sandine or, you know, Lilligren. Uh, you know, you can go that route as a team that's up against the cap. Uh, I don't even mention Chicago. I mean, they're not really up against the cap, I guess you could say. They're more of a team kind of rebuilding. Um, you know, beyond that, I mean, Vancouver kind of wants to make some moves to get some space. Dallas was a team, but this Gibson thing kind of helps them. I'm sorry, not Gibson, Bishop. Um yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, there's not that many that are in a terrible, terrible spot where they have to move somebody. Uh, it's just and plus the way the NHL works, you know, teams always somehow figure it out. I mean, Vegas is a perfect example of that. They'll put 14 guys on LTIR and keep all their players and somehow make it work, and that's the way it is, you know. In, in pro sports, these salary caps always being manipulated, and you find a way. So there's a couple teams: Toronto, Vancouver, Vegas. I guess if you really want to. Um, yeah, there's really no team, I think, that it's in like a dire situation right now. Chad, I find myself, and I find the Sabres, and I, I keep sort of thinking about this point was in the you know GMTM, the Tim Murray era. This was sort of the point where, in the rebuild, that he decided, like, hey, we're going to go out and trade for Ryan O'Reilly. We're going to go out and trade for Evander Kane. And I'm, I'm not very convinced that Kevin Adams is at all – in the appetite or at all in the camp of, you know, this is the time to go get that player, to go get, uh, you know, you name the guy. But I, I'm, I'm thinking about Chicago in this because it appears it's open season in Chicago. Frankly, it should have been open season last year. It's a 
I mean, the team is just in a terrible state right now. They go out yeah. and they they get Mark Andre Fleury that did not make a whole lot of sense. Um, then they trade him midseason. But Chad, where are you with Chicago on what they're going to do with their core group of players? Because it seems like everybody and anybody in that roster is is kind of open game on the trade market right now. Yeah, I mean, the biggest guy obviously is the Brinkett, right? And that's yeah. what everybody talks about asking about. Um, you know, Chicago doesn't have a first-round pick this year. It, it's it's in Columbus, actually, from the Seth Jones trade. Uh, so, you know, I, I've always, you know, people have said, I don't know if they'll trade to Brinkett. I always felt like he would be trading because they need a first-round pick, and he's the guy that is most likely to get them that or even multiple first-round picks. So it's not surprising that his name is out there, and I think he eventually will get moved, kind of like Brandon Hagel's name was out there, and he eventually got moved. So, um, the Brinkett, me, I don't know if that's the move that makes sense for the Sabres. I don't know if you want to give up multiple assets. I understand right. he's a great winger that scores a lot of goals, but they're kind of heavy at wing. Um, you know, he only has one more year on his deal. And then he's one of those players that have kind of that bomb in their contract, if you will, where his salary is $9 million next season, which would mean his minimum qualifying offer if he's an RFA is $9 million. So you're negotiating to start that $9 million plus. Yep. So, you know, that, I don't know, that's a situation you want to put yourself in for a winger. Um, if I'm going after a forward, my thought is going to be a center. Um, you know, the, I, I, wrote, I wrote an article about it, but Pierre-Luc Dubois he, in Winnipeg, there's a lot of uncertainty what Winnipeg is even going to do, uh, what coach they're going to get, and, and Dubois is part of that if he's going to sign a long-term contract or not. So maybe if he's out there, he's a guy you can look into. A similar situation, he's an RFA, uh, so you're going to have to pay him. But, again, he's a center where I think that kind of – can solidify your center core, maybe even push one of your guys, you know, Cousins or Krebs um, onto the wing, where maybe they do fit better long-term. So, you know, he's a guy you could look at. Um, but, yeah, I, I just I, – I, I love the Brinkett. I, I was unbelievably high in him as draft year that he was a first-round pick unquestioned. Um, I remember sitting – because he got drafted in Buffalo. I remember sitting there on day two specifically waiting to see when he would get drafted and then stormed out of the arena when Chicago picked him. But – um. I just don't think it makes sense for the Sabres right now, to be honest. Now, you mentioned a name there, Pierre-Luc Dubois, right, in Winnipeg. Um, and I'm wondering, like, for me, I watched the World Championships and watching him play in a line with Dylan Cousins and watching mm-hmm. him sort of ignite Dylan Cousins as a goal scorer. I'm not going to lie, that made me feel things uh, inside of me. Um, I'm wondering, <laughs> you know, like, if, if you're going to make a move uh, to be better this year and go get a legit, you know, number one center in. There may not be a better option for the Sabres than Pierre-Luc Dubois. The question is, are you going to be willing to give up what it takes to get him? And, like, like to me, Chad, that's the guy that if the Sabres were to make a move and really want to make a splash, that does more than one thing. I think it, it, it forces Tage Thompson to bump to the center two position, which I think is probably – that puts you in a position where I think you're actually your one two down the middle is legitimate. But yeah. for me, that might be able to move Dylan Cousins into a scoring winger role, and I think I might really like that option for the Sabres moving forward. What are your thoughts about that as a as a potential move for the Sabres moving into uh, this offseason? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I mean, you know, like I said, I think we're on the same page with how much we like Dubois in general and how much it makes sense. Uh, you know, you have to see how much of a contract he wants and. That's part of it, and then also what you know the assets are to it. If Winnipeg wants two first-round picks, I don't know if I want to do that. Um, if it's a first-round pick, and maybe 
I don't know, is it Middlestad and some sort of combination, maybe Ryan Johnson or Portillo, because they don't know what they're going to do with Hellebuck, and they kind of want that type of thing. And maybe you figure, maybe there is something there. Um, but if they're going to ask you for two first-round picks, then I don't know if I want to do that. I also don't know if the Sabres want to do that themselves either, because you know I think they like Thompson. You know, in that I mean, top six center is fine. I, I just feel like, in a sense, they're committed to Cousins as a center. Hmm. Um, they seem to like Middlestad. I think the injury bought Middlestad one more season. I agree. I'm, per- I'm one of those people where I just I always feel underwhelmed by Middlestad, but then he does things in a game, and I'm like. Okay, there it is, mm-hmm. but it's not consistent enough for me, and I, I, I feel like I need to make a decision there before we, you know, do this again another season. It's still not what we want, but you're like, eh, maybe. Like, I think that I'd rather make a decision now, you know, if it's be of a trade that way. But you know, it's I, I'm interested in the winger thing with Cousins. I just don't know if they're going to do it. Uh, I mean, and Krebs is in there too. I mean, one of these guys, Middlesex, Cousins, Krebs, someone's got to be a winger. Right. I just don't know right now who they think is going to be the best winger. I mean, Krebs played a lot of wings from last year. And Cousins and Middlesat were your centers. Can that change over the summer? Absolutely, because, I mean, we saw Thompson go from a winger to a center. Yep. So who knows what Granado has in his head. But I'm intrigued by, even if you don't get Dubois, the idea of putting Cousins at wing and maybe seeing what you can get there. Agreed. I think uh, there's a lot of fun stuff on the on the horizon here, Chad. Tell the folks where they can find your work if they don't know already, and what you guys got coming down the pipeline as we get closer to uh, closer to the draft and obviously the start of the season. Yeah. So expectedbuffalo.com is where you can find us. Uh, myself, Anthony, Eddie, and uh, Ryan are the four writers we currently have. Um, we do Sabres and we do Bandits now too. By the way, Game Two Bandits tonight. So everybody. Check that out. Um, coming down the line, you know, we have still 10 more UFA profiles to get out, 16 more team. We're doing every single team. Uh, trade ideas, we have 16 more teams to go. So our goal is to get that done by the time the draft rolls around, which is a little under a month now, I think, away. So a lot of work there. And then on the podcast, the Expected Buffalo podcast, uh, we are doing our first uh, mock off season. Um, which is a big podcast episode for us to do every single year. So basically, uh, Anthony will play the role of Kevin Adams, and we'll go through a mock off season with trade signings and all that fun stuff to see what kind of team he can build. So a lot of fun stuff coming for sure. Awesome, buddy. Well, I appreciate you making time for me on your Saturday morning. Enjoy your weekend, and uh, I'm sure we'll uh, we'll have a beer soon. All right, sounds good, man. You too. All right, appreciate it. Chad Dinaminis is there on the Western Hotline of Expected Buffalo. Going to take a timeout. Uh, on the other side, we'll grab a phone call. Who's been waiting patiently? Adam, who's been on hold patiently. We'll get to him on the other side. We'll also uh, get to the 12 o'clock hour where we've got Jake Burns, who covers the Browns, and Brian Koziel, who will talk some live golf. That's all coming up next here on WGR. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? 
Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. All right, welcome back to Sports Talk Saturday. Let's grab one phone call here, uh, and it's Adam and Clarence, who's been waiting patiently on hold. Adam, uh, welcome to Sports Talk Saturday. Thanks for being patient, man. What do you got for me? Yeah, no problem. Thanks for taking my call. I couldn't help but to think in your Deshaun Watson segment there how there seems to be a double standard with the NFL in terms of the integrity of the game versus the integrity of the players who play the game. What I mean by that is look at the suspensions that were handed out for Calvin Ridley and even Brady a few years ago for Deflategate. Brady got four games for deflating footballs. Ridley's going to get the whole year. Now look at the suspensions or punishments handed out to guys like Ray Rice, Roethlisberger, Tyreek Hill, Kareem Hunt. I mean, the list goes on and on. The integrity of the players when there's either crimes committed or serious allegations, it just slaps on the wrist. But I know you mentioned this earlier with with Ridley. He's going to get a whole year for for betting on games where he was injured and not even on his team. Right. And then if if uh, Watson would take an eight-game suspension. I know you mentioned he had pled down to four games. That's Brady's suspension. So is the NFL, can they really defend suspending a player the same amount for deflating footballs <laughs> and for 24, 26, who knows who else is going to come forward, uh, serious sexual assault and misconduct allegations? Like, how is that even a defensible claim? It is hard to defend, Adam, and I, I, I love that you brought uh, up some of the double standard stuff, the deflate gate, right? How can, you, how can you justify suspending a guy the same amount of time that a guy that, you know, frankly deflated a football or, or paid somebody or was a conspiracy to have people deflate footballs? It's, it's absurd, Adam, and I appreciate the call. I, I think you brought up a lot of good points about the double standard that exists, and I just think the arena – um, is too difficult now to really to let this one go for the NFL. And I think they're going to have a really tough time um, doing that. Coming up next uh, to talk more about this to Sean Watson. So thanks for bringing the topic back up, Adam, uh, because it uh, is incredibly relevant. We're going to have Jake Burns. He covers the Browns for the uh, the Orange and Brown Report in Cleveland. He also does a film breakdown for the Orange and Brown Report, um, and you can follow him on Twitter at Jake underscore Burns 18. He joins us next. We're going to talk about the implications of the move, of the potential suspension, how it plays out in the field. So all that's coming up next here on WGR. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 oh. 
We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.